Welcome to Recurring Nightmares, episode 41. I am Chris, as always, joined by Jeff. We're back. We are back, and we've got uh, a pair of natural-born killers. Um. <laughs> 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 Nature, nature kill, nature, nature killing machines of some yeah. sort. Um, and we'll, we'll be getting to them shortly, but uh, before that, uh, let's talk about uh, what we've seen this past month, Jeff. What have you got? Uh, the big one, it was a little slower of a month for me, I was watching more older stuff, but the big one for me was Talk to Me. That's uh, you know, it's still in theaters doing good. Yep. I think you said you saw it. Yep, I saw it last it. episode. So yep. we d- we discussed it. I know you liked it. I think this is like a great horror movie. Like I was really surprised by like just how good it is. You know, it had positive buzz, but you you just never know how you're gonna yeah. react. And yeah. yeah, like I I think it's such a um, such a clever idea. Like the. The way the possession works in, in the movie is kind of like kids messing around with drugs. They like present it the same way. Like, you know, when you're a teenager, you're at a party and they're like, someone's passing around a joint and you're like, oh, should I try this? Or maybe I shouldn't, you know what I mean? Or someone's doing coke, whatever, right? Right. That's kind of how, like, that's the kind of the metaphor we're working with here because it's like kind of how the possession angle is presented in this. It's like the kids, you know, doing it because of peer pressure and they're hanging out and, you know, kind of partying and having fun and the the way the possession you know and they, they like pull themselves out really quick and the way the possession makes them feel is like kind of like a high like especially like our main character she's just like you know first time she tries it she's like oh that was amazing you know like i want to do it again so i just thought that was super super clever uh once you know the horror starts it's fucking crazy and brutal um you know there's like specific things i could still remember but i don't want to say because i don't want to spoil it even the opening of the movie i thought it was like a strong like scary opening um and you know it, it has stuff in there about grief and stuff like every fucking horror movie now but this is like i think very different than most a24 stuff in that I think it has main like real mainstream appeal as just like a straight up horror movie. I, I don't know how you felt about it. Yeah, I mean it's, defi- it's definitely definitely more it's definitely more approachable than like most of A24's normal output. So you know this this is not an Ari Aster film. This is this is trying to be a straight up horror movie. Like yeah, it has adult themes in it, but it never. Uh, it never forgets like the the main mission, which is to scare you and to have fun. And I just thought it was so clever, such a cool idea, such a cool ending, which I don't want to spoil. But there's like this like you know, there's like this part where she's wandering around, and I'm like, oh, is this what I think it is? And and it, and it was. I was like, oh, that's such a like really neat ending. Um, yeah, I think as you can tell, I, I really liked talk to me a lot. Uh, it hasn't been like a super strong year for horror, but like, man, that's easily, in my opinion, like the best horror movie that's come out this year. Um, if you haven't seen it, I'd say go see it in theater while it's still out there. 
Yeah. Um, I think it might actually be, it, it may be hitting digital soon. So if you don't want yeah. to go to the theater, you can catch it there. You get some crossover sometimes, like Ninja Turtles is on digital, but you can still go see it in the theater. And, yep. Um, I think Barbie's about to hit digital. And like it's it's still in, doing very well yeah. in theaters. So. Uh, you know, what else? The, what the else problem is, you might, uh, oh, sorry, uh, cutting. No, out no, yeah, okay. you. Well, yep. Yeah, what, what were uh, you gonna say? I was gonna say I would just I would rent in a theater. Um, I doubt you're gonna get the big crowd like you want, but you know. Uh, yeah, I think think that you're going to see it with like one or two other people at this point. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. So I guess make your call based on that. Yeah. Uh, What else? What else you got? uh, The fist, the flash. Um, I don't think I've seen you down and watch this yet. Okay. Um, All right. The flash. It uh, did not do great. It did not do what it needed to do. Which Um, was, which was, it needed to do like a bajillion dollars. So it's yeah, like, it was never gonna do that. But, but it kind of was a failure. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know they fucked themselves on that too. But yeah, it was like I think met with a lukewarm reaction. In that, like, I don't think it got great reviews. I should have checked before. They were I, okay. I remember like it was like mixed, and there was a lot yeah. of people. Like a lot of people, like I know anecdotally, or like you know, coworkers and stuff like that that saw it and really loved it. Uh, Nelson loved it. Uh, my coworker loved it. The film cast, they all seemed to love it. But then there was also critics that were really hard on it, and there was people on Twitter you'd see like be really hard on it. And I have to tell you, I fall firmly in the camp of this movie fucking sucks. Like. <clears throat> It's everything that superhero movies get cr- criticized for being. That's what it is, and it's, so it's like if you're okay with that shit, I, I, I guess go for it. But it's like, dude, like, uh, so much of it is just like, hey, remember this thing? Hey, remember that? Remember that? It's like it, it's just like stroking your nostalgia. Like it's just. And I don't know how much I could say to you. I don't know what you've heard about like what's in it, but like I, I mean, the the trailers do they spoil a lot. Like you know, Michael Keaton's in it. I know, uh, well, Ben Affleck was supposed to be in it. I, I don't know if he actually shows up or not. Um, yeah, yeah. There's Supergirl. There's a whole bunch of like Supermen, like from history. I guess they show a bunch of that stuff, including yeah. the original Supergirl and. But yeah, that, we're doing like if it if you think it's kind of icky when a movie puts in a dead actor, the, it, it, you're not gonna appreciate this, and I didn't either because they weren't even there for a reason. It's just like, uh, oh, here's a here's a quick glimpse into another universe, and you get to see Christopher Reeve Superman. It's like he doesn't even have a line of dialogue. It's just like him standing there. It's so stupid, like why <laughs> you know what i mean like I, I, it's just yeah. to, it's just to validate you hanging on to things from when you were a kid and we're look we're all guilty of that in some ways like you know me with the halloween movies especially you you know you still really love star wars a lot 
But that's all this is, is like stroking that impulse. <laughs> like yeah. the actual story itself fucking sucks, dude. Like I'm sorry, it's stupid. Like and that that's the other thing. Like like a lot of superhero movies will get criticized as setting up other movies and other storylines that they could do or other TV shows. Like that's so much of what Marvel does, right? Yep. And this is all like set up to do like a Supergirl movie, I think, which I can. Uh, you know, it's like it's not really its own thing, and it's kind of like built on top of Man of Steel. Like, we're a lot of this is about like the end of Man of Steel again. We're still dealing with this movie that no one gives a fuck about anymore. Zod is back in it, too, right? Like, who's killed in Man of Steel, but I guess like this has deals with time travel and multiverses, and dude, the whole story, the whole story here is. They think they have to go save Superman or something from Zod, and it's big twist. Surprise! I'm like, sorry, like it's a spoiler, but it's stupid. And they're like, oh, it was a Superman. It was a Supergirl. Like that's the plot. That's the story of the movie. Awesome story, dude. Oh, um, yeah, stupid plot. Putting you know dead actors in there just oh remember when you were a kid who Superman was, and that's like the whole thing with Michael Keaton in this too. It's just like. Yeah, hey, I remember there was another Batman. And they do that. And then, you know, I I got it sounds like you've heard some of it, but there's even more than you think. Like, but it's just all to like no point. It's all to just be like fan servicey bullshit. Here's something you remember. Yeah, and like there is an angle to the plot where it's about like him wanting to save his mom and stuff, but very like mm-hmm. The themes in it are, which are kind of neat, but it's like it, this was just done like a month earlier in Across the Spider Verse, which is a much better movie. Um, you know, and kind of the idea being in both Spider Verse and this is like, well, maybe there's certain things that are supposed to happen no matter what in every universe. Um, you know, and and, and sometimes like bad things do have to happen that are part of defining who you are, and I think that's like a really interesting idea. Done well in Spider-Man, which I don't know if you've seen that movie. No, I haven't seen the, yeah. the second animated Spider-Man. Movie. Yeah. I haven't seen I haven't seen that one yet either. It's done well in that, and, and with really cool animation. And here, it, it's just all everything is done horribly. I think with <laughs> not animation, but some really bad CG CGI, like terrible, man. Like and. So there's really not, in my opinion, a lot to hang on to. I think that's something like, like I get into it with Nelson where he's like, it was fucking great. It was the best superhero movie since the Batman. And I was like, one, that's not like a long stretch, but two, like, <laughs> like two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only thing I could say was good. Strangely enough was Ezra Miller. They kind of like, are up to the task here, and it's it's a big ask because uh, they're playing two different roles. You know, it's like you know uh, the Flash at two different ages, blah blah blah, right? Like, right. and they're they're pretty like funny, and they're they make the movie they make what I think is like a really like soulless <laughs> affair fun sometimes just because of their presence. Which is, you know, I don't want to heap praise on Ezra Miller because they're fucking crazy. But, uh, you know, uh, that's the only thing I thought that was like halfway decent about the movie. Like, again, it's not like 
terrible. It's just fucking not good. And, and and like again, if you're sick of any of this shit, and I'm so I, I'm I'm sorry, it works in Spider Man. I'm so done with the multiverse shit. Like, come up with another story. How about we stay in one verse and the the you know stakes and the things that happen matter, and it's not just like a million different fucking you know. I think we've well, reached the peak of that with everything everywhere all at once, and it's time to fucking get back into one verse. What were you gonna say? Well, we uh, I I don't think it'll continue on in the DC stuff since you know it seems like all that is rebooting or you know whatever. But Marvel is tied hard into that shit. Like it's they, so... all of their their new Marvel movies are part of like the multiverse and their TV shows are all multiverse related and. And that, kind of, that, so. and that kind of also plays into the like fan service thing of like, remember this thing from this iteration? Remember this from this iteration? It's like, dude, just be your own iteration. Like, give me some new memories. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I'm sick of this shit. And I think the Flash is emblematic of, of this shit. But, you know, your mileage may vary considered like, you know, what your tolerance for these movies are. Um, it's, it's minimal, which is why I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen Black Adam or or the Shazam, oh God, no. yeah. Shazam two or any of, like I just I haven't seen Blue Beetle that just came out like yeah, I'm just I've never I'm never really kind of, of it. burned out on <laughs> on all Guardians was good but like it just felt like a nice sci-fi conclusion to that that storyline but I I could really yeah. care less about. Like, I'm willing to admit. I'm willing to admit when the stuff is good. Guardians was good. The new Spider-Man was good. But yeah, so much of it is just tired. And I, I like. There were things I heard about the Flash that intrigued me, and maybe it was kind of the fan servicey stuff. But then to see how they pulled it off in the movie, it was just so pointless. Like I can't believe my coworker who was like defending it he was like, "No, they honor them. They honor Christopher Reeve and George Reeve." I'm like. They did. They they show the camera floats by them for two seconds as they're staring vacantly into space. Like, how did they honor that? Like, it's just stupid. Like, I don't know. I'm sorry. They're just there. They're just there it's for they're, literally they're, just they're, they're member berries. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. It's on HBO, so you can watch it now. But yeah, you should I, check I out Spider Man. I added it to my queue. It's there with, with Black Adam and the Shazam movies. So. Uh, maybe at some point I'll get to it. I don't know. Uh, I do want to see Spider-Man, though. I'm just wait, I'm waiting for for that to... I think it is out on digital now, but I'm waiting for it to hit rental. Um, I don't, I don't want to buy There's it. There's a few... Like that's like uh, Ninja Turtles for me. I really want to see it, but I'm like, I don't know. I, did, I don't. First off, I don't want to rent the movie for twenty bucks, and then I'm like, do I want to exactly. spend 25, 25 bucks on Ninja Turtles when I don't know how? I, I think I'll like it, but I don't think yeah. it'll be one you go back to and watch over. Exactly, again, exactly. Right? Yeah. I, and I, um, actually, I guess, I guess I did. Absolutely forgot that. Uh, that I saw that one. Oh, so Ninja Turtles. We could, yeah. we could talk about that too. All right. Uh, uh, well, what else you got? I just got one more thing for you. Like I said, a little bit of a lighter month for me, but it was a TV show. It's a documentary series that just aired on HBO. It was airing on Sunday nights. It was three episodes and done. 
and it's called Telemarketers. And this thing kind of like blew up. Like I was kind of like right there with it as it was blowing up. Uh, and then you'd see more and more. Like I'd be listening to podcasts, people referencing the characters and stuff in it. What Telemarketers is is <clears throat> it's kind of like a, uh, a combination of like a Michael Moore type movie, an inside look at something. Mm-hmm. It's it's it's. Have you ever seen American movie, like the those two goofballs that were trying to make a horror movie? Um, I don't know. That's a great. <laughs> if you have not seen American movie, you need to see it. It's one of the funniest fucking movies ever. It's a documentary. It's about this guy in Wisconsin who wants to be a filmmaker, and him. Mm-hmm. You know, he forces his buddy, who is his buddy, is completely like drugged out of his mind and worthless. <laughs> To help him, and you know, he, he like put his family members and friends in this movie he's making, and borrow money from his grandpa or his uncle or whatever. And it's just very funny. And it's just like these two people, like you know, like they're never really gonna become something, but you know that like that's most people that want to make movies. It ends up being something that like you make with your friends, and and maybe a few people see it, right? And uh, it's kind of like that if those guys were trying to uncover like a criminal c- conspiracy instead of making a movie. Because <laughs> these two, it's these two guys that worked at this telemarketing place in the early two thousands, and this place that they work at, like they let you drink, they let you do drugs, they let you do whatever the fuck you want, as long as you're making calls and hitting your numbers. And by the way, you're not getting commissioned for these numbers. And they're like calling on behalf of Fraternal Order of Police, trying to get uh, <laughs> donations. So you have people that have like, li- like, and it's mostly like people who are ex-cons who have done time. It's like people who can't get a job anywhere else, right? So you have people who are like calling on behalf of the Fraternal Order of the Police, who have been like arrested by the police. <laughs> Like, you have the people that they're locking up calling on their behalf to collect money for them. And one of the guys, you know, like, the the director of this film, he was like, I need to start recording this place, because at the time, he was like a teenager, but he's like, this place is just so nuts. It's such a crazy place to work at. And, like, I gotta show, like, the drugs and the sex that is going on in here, like, while we're, like, doing these phone calls. Like, you know, his one really good friend in it, like, is, like, literally snorting heroin, nodding out until someone answers the phone, and then, oh, hello, hi, this is Pat J. Pepsis, and I'm calling on behalf of the, you know, New Jersey Fraternal Order of Police, like, it's just, like, and all of a sudden, he's on, he can, he's, like, the best seller. But anyways, that's just kind of, like, the first, I don't know, 20 minutes of the first episode, and, and you know, he decides to start making this movie, and, like, years later, he's, like, yes he's an adult he's like what the fuck was up with that place like why was that like that and him and his buddy from the place start like looking into it so it's like these two complete fucking goofballs who are like out to like expose what is actually like a pretty criminal industry like very corrupt industry anyways and yeah um like i'm like not even touching on the scam aspect of it is like unreal and, and goes places like like if you don't know anything about uh this which I, I really didn't like i'd done telemarketing as a job in the 90s but 
what I did was legit. It was just like selling water coolers to businesses. Yeah, this is not like on the up and up at all. This is like really, really dirty shit. And uh, and so you get it, it's like a it kind of combines like my favorite things about documentaries. It's like following around real people who are kind of like underdog characters, but also like you're like learning about something and they're exposing something that's fucked up. Um. Through the first two episodes, I was just like, "This is brilliant! This is an absolutely genius fucking like one of the best documentaries I've ever seen." Then you get the third episode, which is the the conclusion of it, and it kind of goes nowhere. Yeah. Like the first two, like really like build up to like these like amazing cliffhanger endings where you're like, "Oh, holy shit! Oh, this goes even deeper than I thought," you know, and like. And then, like, it just kind of, like, adds up to nothing at the end because there's, in reality, no way that these two guys are going to be able to stop, um, you know, a huge corrupt industry and, and as well as a corrupt police union. There's, there's just... It's not going <laughs> to happen from these guys, but it is... It's interesting, it's informative, it's very entertaining. There's There's stuff, like, in episode two, they follow around this guy... He's a complete junkie. He's like out on the street shooting dope and he's doing telemarketing from his fucking cell phone. He sees a fucking like contractor van drive by and he types in the number of the van driving by, gets this guy on the phone and he starts talking about how we have to back the blue man, thin blue line, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he gets the guy, he like fleeces this guy for like hundreds of dollars while he's high out of his mind. And obviously, he doesn't believe any of the shit he's saying. He just, he, he, you know, he, that's, that's one, I'm sorry to keep, like, rambling on and on about yeah, this, but, like, it's fine. like, one thing that the documentary does really well is show how smart drug addicts can be, and, like, you know, like, like, the street smarts, the ability to, like, look at someone and assess them and know what they want to hear in order to rip them off. Right. Uh, it's something that, like, I kind of touched on with you when we reviewed Bliss back a year or two ago, which was like that kind of, I think it was like a vampire movie where the girl was yeah. a drug addict. And one thing that like we both did not like about that movie is how unlikable she was and like how kind of bitchy she was. Yeah. And I think I said to you then, I'm like, that's not usually how drug addicts are. They're usually very charming because they're always like assessing how to rip people off and 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 also they're also like disappointing their friends and family constantly and so they have to really be able to turn on the charm right they know how to hustle and that's what this this movie does like a really great job of showing that like i just you can't believe that this guy's high out of his mind he sees a number on the side of the van and he calls this guy up and gets hundreds of dollars out of him uh so anyways that's all really good and exciting and like the, the things that I love kind of outweigh what I don't like about this, but you know, there, there's some manipulative stuff that I don't want to say. It's kind of a spoiler. And then, like, yeah, it just kind of like the third episode. It's like they're reaching higher and higher. They're like trying to get to like a meeting with a senator, and just everything just kind of fizzles out. Unless the end, I'm like, oh man, I thought like this was going to be an all timer. Um, but the, the the two guys that are making this are entertaining enough, especially his one friend who's a, a drug addict. He's so funny and, and and just a likable, like very memorable character that's worth checking out just for him. I don't know, you know, 
your mileage may vary. Some people might not like the guy or find him annoying. Like his right. stick gets old. But I, I think it's just very funny. And like, you know, they're like he's like this great telemarketer in the beginning. He's able to rip off like these old people from their social security checks. They're like, let's use that skill to now like start to uncover this. And you, you get on the phone and you start like calling these fraternal order polices and figuring out how they made these contracts. And he turns out to actually suck at it when it comes to like turning it on the the bad people. Anyways, uh, I rambled on way way too long about telemarketers. Yeah, it's, right. it, it, it's entertaining. It's it's short. It's worth checking out for sure. Again, and I just I just feel like. And I don't think I'm alone in this. That it just kind of you acted it because the first two episodes are so great, uh, and then just kind of uh, that's the end. That's life. Nothing's getting solved, you know. But uh, I it. guess en- enough enough about uh, what I've been watching. That's kind of it, anyways. Like as far as new stuff. All right. Well, I will. I will try to be quick here. Um, so we did just add turtles in, but uh, I. I spent the month watching shark movies. Um, oh God, I forgot. Yeah, thir- thirty-one shark movies over thirty-one days. Uh, I think twenty-nine of them were first-time watches. Uh, anyway, I saw the Meg Two, uh, the Trench, uh, as one of those films. Um, I don't. I-, I thought the original Meg was is fine. I know you you were like that. This bad. Film- bad it's bad um this i feel is better it's not much better it's like it's it is it's just it's like marginally better than the first one um there's there's more big shark biting people and stuff though so like you know that's that's what you're there for with a big megalodon movie um and it does does deliver that and it delivers statham doing stupid things it's so um, funny because everyone is kind of saying the opposite that like, oh, the first one was good and this one sucks. And you're just like, I like the first one, but this one's better. Yeah, this this one is like, I mean, it leans into the stupidity. Like, and it's, but they're they, like, hey, you know, instead of having one big shark that doesn't do a lot, we're going to have three and uh, we're going to like wreak havoc underwater with the people that are part of the mission and then once it gets to the surface we're going to wreak havoc on like an island uh resort area um then it's it's fine like it is just watchable trash so i think i think your your uh, view is colored by all the other shark movies yeah i think that that, that could be it right because like this is it is it it's a good looking film uh, that is something that I learned. Like, wow, there are a lot of shark movies that are not even like they are just trash filmed. Um, as like anybody with a you know a five hundred dollar budget, it's like I'm gonna make a shark movie. Maybe yeah. don't, please, please don't. Uh, <laughs> they release them on Tubi and on uh, Screenbox and on Shutter, and it's like there's so many bad shark movies. The Meg Two makes them look amazing <laughs> like uh, the meg 2 looks amazing compared to it so uh you you may very well be be right that my experience with hundreds of bad shark movies over the years it's like this this one's not that bad guys <laughs> I, I just saw a lot of you know you logging a lot of them this last month you are done with it now yeah yeah and it would be like 
one star, two star, one star, yeah. two star. Like I don't think you've ever broke. Maybe you got a couple three stars in there, but yeah, I don't think were, you broke much higher than that. There, there were a couple that you know broke broke to three stars. Um, but yeah, there's not many that are worth watching. Like a lot of them are just straight trash. So the Meg Two better better than low budget. Trash. <laughs> and it has Jason Statham. He's entertaining. So, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem, though, uh, which you reminded me that I saw. Um, uh, obviously, I, I have a lot of. I watched a lot of movies that we're not going to talk about because they were all bad shark movies. But um, uh, Mutant Mayhem's fun. It's uh, I like the art style. It, it's it's yeah. a good, good looking animated film. Uh, I mean, it's Turtles movie. It's not the best Turtles movie, but it's it's a fun watch. Um, I think the Turtles themselves are very well portrayed. I think April, who is drawing a blank on her name, but she she is the uh, she's like the co lead in the bear. Yeah, um, she's really good as April. Um, Jackie Chan is really good as Splinter. Uh, That's like right, the, the, yeah. the, the voice works really good. Um, it's just like it just plays like a really long cartoon, and there, there's ultimately it doesn't really feel like anything happens. Like I don't know, it's fine, it's fun. Um, I saw it with like two of my friends' little kids, and they liked it a lot. So. I think I've asked this question. Are kids like as Turtles fans, or is this like pretty new to them? So for now, it was I, I went with two four year olds. Um, oh, okay, so yeah, everything is new to them. Yeah, so it's it's like I, the one the one dad of the one um, kid. He, he's like a big. He was a big Turtles fan growing up. So like his kid knows Turtles, but not like knows. Like this is probably his first real exposure to it, um, and the other one did not know anything about turtles, but he he seemed to like it as well. So, um, my son knows turtles, but he's you know he's seventeen. So, if you said it's not the best turtles movie, I'm I'm assuming the first one is the one you're thinking of as the best, like the eighty nine. Yeah, I mean that that one's or whatever. Yeah, that one's really good, and I I mean I I would even say that the. I know it's not Michael Bay, and I always say this, but the, the Michael Bay, the first Michael Bay Turtles movie is uh, probably better than this as well. But Oh, interesting. Uh, I started watching that on Amazon Prime because it's on Prime. But uh, Yeah, it's, you know. it's fine. Like, I mean, ultimately, it they all they all tell the same stories, right? Like, it's especially these origin stories. Um. Which this one kind of is, where it's, yeah. girls aren't really known. They've been hiding right. out for a while, uh, and and now they're coming out of the shadows, and mm-hmm. and they're they're establishing themselves as the teenage mutant Ninja turtles, and they're they're fighting these other mutants. Uh, if you've watched the original cartoons, though, you you'll know like some of the characters they introduce, like uh, Baxter Stockman and um, Be- Rocksteady and Bebop. Like you'll you'll recognize yeah. characters from is Krang, was it called Krang? Like the, the dude with like the thing in his stomach. Yeah, Krang is not in this. It's a bunch of like the mutants. Uh, 
which I guess Krang, well, Krang was like a robot with like a big brain mm-hmm. stuck in the stomach. Uh, it's more like the the fly guy and and all yeah. of them. Like it's it's those those types of characters. Like if when you see it, you'll be like, yeah, I know these. Yeah, guys. I remember. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I, I dude, honestly to me it's just all about that like, that art style just looks so good to me. Like Yep, that's the um, draw here. Like the art style is really good. And then I was like, well, Seth Rogan wrote it. He's I think he's like usually really funny, like a funny writer, so I know this is probably mostly aimed at kids with the humor, but uh, I'm interested in it for that reason as well. But there's there's definitely some and they do this with all the turtles stuff, right? Like Splinter doesn't quite understand the kids because they're kids, and so like there's that disconnect. So there's some humor there that that works, I think. Yeah. Um, and there's some like I don't, I don't know, I don't really view myself as old, but sometimes like you watch some of this shit, and, like I don't understand what these people are saying anymore. Like <laughs> some of these slang terms have changed to the point where I don't, <laughs> I have not kept up in that regard. So. Um, it's good though. Uh, so right. I think you know you get it for like you know five six dollar rental, normal rental price, but it's a good ninety minutes. Uh, I finally saw Barbie. Oh that yeah, that's right. That was we a, talked that was, about that. That was a uh, that was a fun movie. Um, I do think uh, uh Ryan Ryan Gosling, right? That, yeah, yeah. Um. He's very good as Ken. He's um, so good. He's so much fun. I will say I am not a Michael Sarah fan, but he is fantastic in this. Like very great comedic timing where they they place him and his statements and um and they're they're just kind of like berating him. I love him done. as that, like his willingness to show up in movies as a total goof. Like uh, there was that one. Did you ever see that one that was like the end of the world, and it was like all the like James Franco, Jonah Hill. Yes, yes. And the shit they do with Michael Cera in that is so fucking funny. Like because <laughs> it's just like not like he's like doing coke and getting blowjobs, and you're just like that is not how I picture Michael Cera. No. So it's just his willingness to be the butt of the joke is 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 really fun, I think. Yes, uh, and he he uh, he does a great job here. Um, I think uh, American Ferrera, uh, very good. The person who played her daughter, also very good. Um, the set design is fantastic. Like, it's just fun. Um, just looking at the when they're in the Barbie Land or whatever it's called. Like it's just it's like it's like a toys come to life like you know it's human scale yes. it's wild like that was like I think that was like what made me want to see the movie back when I first saw the trailer and kind of like the the fish out of water thing oh my like, oh that seems fun but it ends up being more than that like where it goes in the second half I think it's pretty cool pretty fun yeah because uh, that that fish out of water thing is really only like it's like the beginning the second yeah. act yeah yeah. So like you know, he did a good job of like, oh, this seems like a fun movie. I like that. That's a cool premise. But then like, what it's actually about is something I think even more fun and and smarter. Um, yep. And just you know, the musical numbers fun again. Yeah, him as Ken is really fun. Some kind of touching moments too. Strangely, yeah, some very very good uh, 
good emotional bits yeah. throughout. Um, like spots that you wouldn't expect it either. So it hits pretty hard at like near the end. Of, like, they do that little montage of like, um, I guess this isn't really spoilerly like in terms of plot, but there's like a part where you get to see like all the people that were working on the movie. Like it's just kind of home movies of them. Like it's out of nowhere, but it, like it, just because the Billy Eilish song is playing it, like I, I thought it, you know, I got a little little teary eyed Chris at the Barbie movie. I can see that it's a <laughs> it, uh, it, it 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 delivers on what it was selling. So um, I'm glad it glad it did exceptionally well. Number one movie of the summer, so the year. Yeah, I don't think anything yeah. else is going to come even close, especially crazy. now. Um, two more quick things. Uh, I saw the last voyage of the Demeter. Oh yeah, you hear about this one? I heard of it. Yeah. Uh, so it is uh is an adaptation of Dracula, a very specific the first part. chapter of Dracula. yes. It's uh when they're transporting Dracula to London, um, uh specifically. So it's it's that it it's uh it plays it's it's alien, like let's <laughs> it's yeah. alien on an on a uh you know, on a sailboat um, where, you know, Dracula is coming out at night. Um, he's feeding on uh, the crew, like one by one, uh, picking them off. And it, it plays out really much like, Alan. I really liked it. Like it's, it's not, it's not alien. Like it's not as good as alien, but it's yeah. a fun type of that movie. I'm like, yeah, this is solid. There's some good gore in it. Um, uh, there is some sh- really shitty fire effects, which which is a shame. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, I think it it does a good job, um, and it's it's a fun fun vampire movie. Um, kind of came and went. Uh, yeah, but... it's already out on digital. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll I'll be seeing it once it's like rental price. Probably. I just I don't know. It's everything about it. I'm like that's a cool idea. Like that would be a good idea for a Dracula movie and. For whatever reason, like the the trailer never sold me on it, but I, I'll watch it at home. The only thing that like I kind of come away from is like they seem to be setting it up for a sequel. Like the way the the way the film ends is like we're gonna tell more of this story. It's like I don't need more. Like we know what the rest of Dracula is. Like yeah, I, I don't I don't need the one survivor of the Demeter to like be chasing down Dracula or haunted by Dracula. Like just leave it. It was a fun, fun monster on a ship movie, uh, that, that mostly succeeds. So, well, I don't think you'll be getting more. I don't think it, uh, yeah, it it basically bombed. So, (laughs) uh, and finally, um, I watched the first three episodes of Ahsoka, Plan on going watching the fourth probably after we're done recording because it just just released. Um, I like it. I am. I don't know if that is a show for like really casual Star Wars fans. So. That's what I hear. Yep. And I've heard like other other people like, oh, like I watched it with you know my girlfriend and or my girlfriend's family, and like they don't know anything about this and they liked it like okay there's like a lot of characters from other star wars media here um 
there are storylines that are from other Star Wars media. Like, there's a lot going on that I don't know it sets up properly. Uh, but if you are just looking for some like cool Star Wars action, you know, Jedi and and bad Jedi, like I, I don't know if they're Sith or not, but they have red lightsabers. Like <laughs> if you're up for like that type of stuff, like that's what you want to see. It, it delivers on that. Um, for me, I know the characters, I know the storyline that they're they're building off of. I'm interested in in all of that. Did you watch the cartoon? I, I did watch Rebels. Yeah, so that's, I watched what it, Rebels. that's what it's like based off, right? Like, yeah. So like, it, it's called Ahsoka, and she's she is from the Clone Wars. She was a uh, Anakin Skywalker's Padawan, so basically his trainee. Um, and then she shows up in uh, Rebels, which is a uh, another you know cartoon. Uh, that lasted five seasons. And the other main characters, Hera, uh, who's played by um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, and uh, um, right, maybe so I will check this out. She's playing, a she's, green, a... she's playing a green alien. I could be okay with that. I mean, the girl in <laughs> Guardians, you know. Uh... I mean, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, I'll watch anything she's in. She's <laughs> always pretty. Uh, and always good. Um, she she does a decent job here. Uh, and the other the other is uh, Sabine Wren, who I don't know who is playing her, but she is. Uh, she they're main characters from Rebels, like, and it is a continuation of what happens in Rebels, where one of those characters goes missing, and they build up a little bit. Like if you remember the Ahsoka episode of Mandalorian, I think it was season two. I remember her right. showing up in yeah. another show, so it must have been that, but do yeah. I remember it? No. So, <laughs> so uh, Mando takes takes uh, Baby Yoda. Like, he's like, I gotta, like, reunite him with the people. And, like, it's before Luke shows up at the end of 2 and mm-hmm. takes takes him away. So he, so like, he, like, finds Ahsoka. That that happens, like, in that, that town where they... Uh, they have the big shootout. It's like a, it's actually a decent episode. Yeah. But uh like she mentioned she's hunting for this guy Grand Admiral Thrawn. And he is he's a another character from Rebels. He's actually a character from other Star Wars stuff like books and comics and stuff. Yeah, and, uh, wasn't he from time. wasn't he originated in the books? Yes, like his, yeah. his original his original origin is like 1991 in a book from there um and he's kind of like been built up over time all that got wiped when disney took it over but they people loved that character so much that they brought yeah. him back and was he in, in any of the movies though no okay and that's what's weird about some of this stuff right is like they have these nine movies that are very much like related to the emperor and and all that and this guy grand admiral thrawn who big big wig in the the you know the empire he worked with Darth Vader and the emperor on things and we never hear about him in any of the movies <laughs> it's like how important was he but they like always make him like, out big important it'd be like guy not hearing about um what's his name like what's the Forrest Whitaker character um oh Saul Saul Guerrero. 
Yeah, it, you know, like he's like this huge figure, and he, but he like at least consistently pops up now. Like ever since Rogue One, you see him in Andor, you see him in you know different things. Like yeah, he, sh- he shows up in the, uh, the 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 video games and yeah, uh, yeah, it's something like that. It's like they're they're trying to you know fit him into into stuff like that. But that's the thing, I don't like, know if it works. It's like if you know, you know, but I would not. You know, right. and I, I I have seen a lot of Star Wars shit, but like I again, I have not read any of the the novels or you know what I mean. Like I haven't watched Rebels or whatever. Uh, that's yeah. what I, I, I what I heard is kind of exactly what you're saying is like it's built off of all of these things that you should have knowledge of, and it doesn't like. I don't think it does a good job of teaching you like yeah, who these like, people are and what, why they're important. Usually you could do that and like, but then also make it accessible for new people to like, you know, just have someone say a line of exposition or something like, but I heard, yeah, it's like, it just kind of throws you in and expects you to know all this. Uh, And it's like kind of hard to keep up with all of it anyways in my head. The stuff that I've even seen, I'm like, all right, when does Mando take place? I always have to like, anytime I go back to a new season of one of these things, I have to go, all right, where are we in the timeline? I have to like remind myself. Um, right, because like Andor takes place before the original movie, so it's it, it takes place yeah. before Rogue One, which is yeah, years. it's, it's kind of like building up to, to the the you know yeah the rebellion like it's uh, two yeah. Rogue One yeah yep and then uh, Mando takes place after Return of the Jedi yeah, that's where like, yeah. that, that's where Ahsoka takes place so how do kids. I wonder if kids even have any fucking clue where they're just like, oh, it's cool, like, you know, lightsabers, like... Uh, Yeah, like, kids' kids, I don't know. Like, my kids are able to follow it, but they kind of... They were raised by you, Yeah, yeah. They have a little help. Yeah, Uh, it's it's hard to tell, and, like, that's why it's like, I don't know if I could recommend this show to, to, like, more casual fans. Like, I like it, I like where the story's going, I think the action's well done, I don't, I don't know, know if it is worthwhile for people that aren't big, like Star Wars fans that know this shit to invest in it. Um, and the weird thing is I like Rosaria Dawson. I love she's, her too. She's very wooden as Ahsoka in this. It's just a weird portrayal. I think um, other people, I, I've said this online and other people have agreed with me that like, she's like maybe the worst thing about the show. <laughs> It's like crazy because I love her. Like I, I think she's also yeah. very beautiful, and she's a good actor too. Like she would yeah, be one of the like, reasons I check it out. It's just but a really, it's a really weird performance by her, especially and like maybe you wouldn't get that because like you you did not watch you didn't watch Clone Wars, you didn't watch Rebels. Oh yeah, yeah. But cause... but Ahsoka, the the personality of Ahsoka in those. You never watched those shows, apparently. Yeah. yeah. It's like for, for me, it's like this is not the person. And again, it, there is time that has passed since the last time, you know, we saw her, but it wasn't portrayed as like so she wasn't so dour. It's like um uh friend Ben uh on Twitter, he he said something along the lines of like he's it's it's kind of like Luke in Last Jedi. I was like, but at least with Luke, like, there's been 30 fucking years between the times we last saw him. Like, a lot has changed. Like, there's, since the last time we saw Ahsoka, it's a couple years. Like, what happened that she is so 
different that yeah yeah completely different personality i can see people not liking luke in the last jedi but like again it could be it could be explained (laughs) like and they do. They you know do I mean? explain it. Yeah, like, they don't, no, they do. I, I, I get, I get people that don't like him, like yeah. his portrayal on that. Like, I think it's fine. Whatever. I think it's a really good movie. But yeah, I, I, I could, I could see why. Hey, man, this is not like the guy. I was, well, you know, people grow and it's been a long time. Yeah, <laughs> people, people grow or <laughs> shrink or whatever. Like, but well, yeah, this is just like not, years ago. This is just like. I know this character. It's not at a, a huge time gap where she's like sixty years old or whatever, you know. And right, what happened? What's going on here? Yeah, and like they haven't explained that so much yet. And it's like maybe they will. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm enjoying it for the other characters and and for the action and and kind of the storyline that's going on. So again. I like it. I think if you you are like a huge Star Wars fan and you like keep up on all this shit, it's probably going to be like, yeah, I yeah. like this. This is this is the fun Star Wars adventure stuff I've been craving. It's not the political stuff, which is also great, like the stuff from Andor, but completely different tone in the way it's presented. Like this is more of an adventure, uh, you know, type action adventure type uh, show. As opposed yeah. to Andor, which was more of a slow burn political, you know, spy craft. So good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that prison, was... that prison stretch. Oh my god, dude, that's like my favorite Star Wars thing in forever. Uh, but it's like very different approaches, and that's yeah, what I, I think. Sure. <laughs> I, I think that, and I think that's good. Like, I think Star that's Wars fine. is a big yeah. enough universe you can tell those different types of stories and and satisfy different audiences with it. I don't. Uh, People are so down on a lot of the 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 Star Wars TV shows, but like, look, I think Andor is like a phenomenal show. What would we say, prestige TV? But yeah. I had fun with um, Kenobi, whatever. What was it called? Yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yep. Yeah, I, I I thought I thought people like the people are like that are down on on the Star Wars shows. Like that's one of them, and and. They're just like, oh, we're just doing the same shit. It looks cheap. Uh, you know, we're so beholden. But, like, I, I thought the story within that was actually pretty good. And that was a fun little, like, just, we're just doing a six-episode adventure thing. And, like, that's okay, too. I just think that, like, I think people were a little too hard on that one. I thought that one was pretty good. Like, uh, people get hung up on weird things, too. It's like, well, how come Princess Leia, like, Never mentions that she knew him from before, and it's like, yeah, I get it, I hear you, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's weird things, but like, whatever, who gives a shit? <laughs> you're building off of something so much now that you're gonna run into problems like that. Um, yep, it was never meant to be blown out as much as it is, and and like these I don't know intersecting stories. Like, I don't know that. You tell me, was it ever meant to be more than one movie? Like, I don't know that George Lucas necessarily had plans for like a trilogy, or I know he called it Episode Four from the start, so I have no idea. So maybe he did. I, but... I, 
I think he called it episode four because it sounds cool. It makes it like, <laughs> oh, this is a mythology. Like this is, right. you know, yeah, yeah. Like we're coming into the middle of the story. It's like you're making any other knowledge. You're making this movie in the mid seventies. You're just like probably just hoping that like it does okay. You know, <laughs> like yep. it's kind of. I don't think there's like a grand plan and like a you know a Bible at this point, and so. No, and that probably didn't come along until like 1979 when he started working on, you know, Empire Strikes yeah. Back. And at that point, then he knew he had like a mega, you know, franchise because he's making all that money off of the toys and the licensing. Like he knew at that point, I got to build this out. But yeah, I, I don't think in 1976, 75, when he was writing it, that he ever had any intention of it being the original trilogy let alone this like 40 year spanning like, uh mega franchise at best you're probably hoping hey maybe it'll really do really good and like i'll get you know a bigger budget for a sequel or something you know what i mean like that's probably yep at best at best because even at that point sequels were not a huge thing yet uh but yeah no, anyways not at all. yeah so that's it for uh what we've been watching let's uh let's jump into what we watched to pit against each other all right so this month we are pitting a pair of um jaws inspired films uh against each other uh you know as i did did shark month this past month um Thought we'd we'd look back at some films that were inspired by Jaws, and they're not both sea creature movies. Uh, one is Grizzly, which we're going to kick off with, and the other is Orca. Um, they're spaced out by a year, but uh, yeah, Grizzly. Uh... A motion picture is coming that does not cater to fantasy. You will see nature's most savage man-eating animal. By its size alone, it can overpower and devour any human. Grizzly. Over 18 feet tall, over 2,000 pounds. The largest carnivorous brown beast in the world. The campers come in here, they leave food around, the bears get the smell of it, and that's it. Well, this is different. This bum's eating his victims. Anyone is fair game, because this grizzly preys on the easiest food of all, man. 18 feet of man-eating, gut-crunching terror. The deadliest jaws on land belong to Grizzly. Came out May 16th, 1976. Directed by what was that? It was was first, then yes, it was it was the first of the two. Um uh you know, barely uh a little over a year ahead of time. But uh it was the first of the two, directed by uh William Girdler. Um he evidently is somebody who's done like a bunch of uh you know genre films between you know in, in the late 70s uh oh, including yeah, right including grizzly well did you um, see the other one he did in the 70s that was like attack of the animals or some shit no 
uh, Day of the Animals. Um, you know, not the, the, when you're done with this, yeah, watch the trailer. Watch the trailer for Day of the Animals. I'm gonna I'm gonna flag that right now because <laughs> uh, uh, I think you'll be interested. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, Girdler directed, uh, starring Christopher George, who is a you know he was at this point he was a little bit older. He's a Western, a classical American television. He started in westerns on TV. Rick Dalton uh, type. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, like it's not a name cast. This was an independent film at the time, and neat neat factor about it is like it was filmed on a budget of seven hundred fifty thousand dollars wow made made 39 million dollars worldwide at the box office um so uh cat like very well it was it was uh, successful very well successful if if i if my memory of the last drive-in is correct it, that it was also like the highest grossing movie that year so oh um i did not know that, uh, but uh, it it was it's possible. Thirty nine million, you know, yeah, talking mid seventies. So uh, it was it was the top grossing independent film of nineteen seventy six, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it held that record for two years until a film uh, very near and dear to our hearts, <laughs> Halloween, yeah. released. All right, um, there you go. Kind of blew it out of the water. Uh, so Grizzly is Jaws, but with a bear. Like, shamelessly so. <laughs> um, bear yeah. attacks. You know, bear attacks some some people in in the forest. Uh, campers, hikers, I think maybe. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, hikers. They they were camping there. They start start walking again, uh, and they are killed by. We don't know what it is. Um, we assume it's a bear, but we don't really know because they film it from a first person's perspective. <laughs> So we get this weird, we get this weird behind inside the bear look, and they they keep doing this throughout the film. Uh, I have some thoughts on why they might do that, but why they, why they don't show the bear? Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. yeah. I mean, or or yeah, I mean, budget wise, they do like, they show them? But yeah, it's you don't you don't get like you don't get clips of the bear like just mauling people though like when no. you do when you do get a bear mauling somebody it's like a hand that comes yes yes uh, you see his hand yeah yeah it's like or uh, um otherwise when they show the bear it's like you know it's like a b roll shot like they got some footage of a bear walking yeah it's like it's exactly what you're saying it's like you're combining b roll footage of an actual bear like roaring right and yeah. then like anything that like you know then i think it's cut well enough but then like yeah it's just like a puppet hand reaching out to it, it does its job well yeah. enough uh so uh you know they they stumble across park ranger stumble across his body and you know they it goes into that whole thing where the the guy who's in charge of the park rangers goes to goes to the mayor we got to shut the park down no, you're not shutting the park down we got shit coming in we got campers out here and we're not doing that and it's like exactly jaws <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like shamelessly so where it's just like you know following beat for beat um they then uh they then there's another attack 
Uh, it's a female ranger this time, and I'm not sure why. I mean, I guess it it plays out for this time period in filmmaking where a woman would just be like, I'm working, um, and now I'm going to go for a dip half naked in oh, or maybe yeah, all yeah. naked in, in in like the waterfall. Um and the bear kills her as well, and then that kind of sets off everybody else now we're now we're hunting the bear uh they have all the hunters in the area have banded together they're going to go get the bear exactly like jaws we rewind one second though that that victim doesn't she like fall in some like remains of somebody like who had been killed previously so she knows that there's shit going down and then she decides to strip down and go swimming. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm pretty so, sure she knows. Like, when she's going on her fun little skinny dip, like she knows that there's something really bad out there. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the secret. Because I'm just looking at my notes, and I had one note that says she falls into some gooey remains, so she knows she's in danger. And then my next note is she strips down to her underwear to go swimming in the river? Question mark. Yeah. So I think. I think what it is is right. She finds some of the remains, um, and then she's like, she's walking with somebody else at the time, and I don't, I don't. Maybe she, maybe her thought process was, I need to clean up a little bit. So yeah, I guess. <laughs> but also, like, uh, I'm just well, I, I mean, I guess you want the blood off you, right? It's like Jaws. You don't want the blood. I don't know. I think there is a comment though about how like oh the bear has probably moved on by now so you're fine. No, this bear is everywhere, all over this mountain, all the time. Doesn't matter. This <laughs> Anytime there's to... somebody vulnerable, there bears there. This speaks to why I like kind of like this movie is because it has like it's from the seventies, but it has a little bit of the eighties slasher vibe to it, where it's just like yeah. She's stripping down and getting naked and going in the water for, for like really no reason. not much of a reason. Yeah, no, other than like we're gonna show and like you don't they don't really show a whole lot, but like no. we're, we're just gonna show her from an angle and like you're gonna kind of get your your sexploitation here and then we're gonna kill her. Um, and you're uh, gonna see an arm go flying. That's yeah. uh, uh, we get lots of limbs flying. We yeah, get, uh, not to steal any thunder from you and jump ahead, but we get a fucking horse's head that goes. Yeah, that head. might be the it highlight. Is the, it is the dumbest, but it is also maybe the best part of this. Movie. It's, it's like <laughs> shocking, and I guess we'll talk to it when we get there. But it's like shocking when it does happen. There's there's other shocking stuff in this film too, which I was yeah. not I was not prepared for. Um, Yes, like there are, you know, the there's the little kid in Jaws, he gets eaten, but it's not like it is not generally like that bloody, right? Like if there's mayhem in the Jaws one and the kid gets the kid gets bit. We see and, like a leg, don't we, at some point? Yeah. But like there is a kid his mom that kept oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. this movie. Like the kid survives somehow, but he's like fucked up. Oh yeah. Uh, but I was like, "Holy shit, they're going hard here!" Like, yeah, I, I just for my note on that bear is getting close to civilization. There's a house with a kid playing in the yard, and then my next note is, 
holy shit, he rips the kid's leg off and kills the mom. Yes, uh, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty much exactly how I reacted to that scene. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Like, they... <laughs> They would never show that today. Like you would just get, oh, like they, yeah, the kid, the kid survives. He's able to get away. Maybe the mom dies, but the kid was able to get in the house. No, they fucked that kid up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the uh, the hunters go out. They, they, they find um a bear cub, and uh, you know they're they think it's the. Grizzly's bear cub, so they they try to use it as bait. That doesn't work. They all fucking end up uh f- fucking dead. Uh it, it's bad. Like that there's like lots of like weird weird shit going on with that where like we're gonna send these drunks out into the woods and they're they're fucking around with this bear cub and none of it really is working. Um and that doesn't. I don't think that actually goes anywhere. The the three of them. No. Uh, it's just this whole scene where they're like they're fucking around with a, a bear cub, and uh, there is a scene not too long after that where uh, they, the one ranger, he starts getting chased by the bear, and he runs up a fire tower. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> the bear rips down the entire structure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely bananas! Like, uh, I don't think a bear could do that. I mean, I know they're strong; and they're hard to kill, but yeah. So, and this is briefly mentioned. Uh, they're they're in the helicopter. Believe it, believe they're in the helicopter, and they get this. Guy tell, talking to them about bears, and they they know where all the other bears are. This is a prehistoric grizzly bear that they're looking for. It's bigger and taller than than regular um, bears. So like they're trying to make it out to be this monster bear, but the images they show of this bear when they show it's it, just, it just yeah. looks like a normal yeah. bear. Yeah. <laughs> it is not a 3,000 pound bear 15 feet tall. It's like a six foot bear that probably 400, 500 pounds. They'll still fuck you up, but. I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm afraid of bears. I don't care if it's a little fucking tiny bear. No, they're like, they are super cute, like, like bear cubs, but yeah. you, don't, you don't want to fucking get anywhere near them or their mom. Like, they will fuck you up. Yeah, and as I understand, they're very hard to, like, kill. Like, even if you have a gun, they can be hard to kill. Yeah, I um, mean, just just imagine, like, trying to shoot a 400-pound person, like, that that is able to move with the speed of, like, a, a professional athlete. And I, and I say, <laughs> again, I've had, like, a hunter tell me this, that, like, their skulls are, like, very thick. So, like, if you shoot right. a regular, like, 22 yeah. at them, it's not gonna. It's not gonna so, yeah. hit them the same way. Uh, um, on top of that, uh, just a sh- real quick recommendation to throw out here: watch the movie Backcountry. That will fucking scare the fuck out of you for bears for life, dude. 
I already am. Like bears terrify me. Watch, um, watch Backcountry. It was on Shutter. It's usually somewhere for free, if not Shutter, Tubi, or Amazon Prime. It, it's good. It's, it's, it's decent. Around. Yeah. Um. So he takes takes down the uh, the the fire tower. Then we get the scene where uh, the guy is on the horse. <laughs> this is the most ridiculous scene where uh, the bear ambushes the dude, uh, decapitates the horse, and uh, knocks the the guy unconscious. And Did he bury him. Buries him. All right, that was what else? Out. I was like, he buried Scotty. Yes, I don't know why. Um, and then <laughs> the guy is able to crawl out, and the bear comes back and kills him. <laughs> um, this bear has like a vendetta against everybody. Um, and that sets up the you know the the big climactic scene where the bear is going to a- attack the the final two remaining. Yeah. Um, they're at the helicopter. They're they're kind of distracting the bear back and forth. Uh, and uh, one of them pulls out a fucking bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> pulls out a rocket launcher and, sh- and blows the fucking bear to hell. It Absolutely doesn't, absurd. It doesn't but, look amazing, but it's just, no. it, it's like amazing in that cheesy seventies, eighties movie way, where it's like we're just gonna blow something up and roll credits. Yeah, and that's yeah. it, right? Like yeah. it, the bear blows up, and then the music <laughs> slows, so and the credits start going. It's like. What the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> um, it, it's look, I don't, I don't like this movie. I, I don't think it's particularly great, but it is fun enough. Um, yeah, it, for for what it is. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I don't think it, like either of these movies are gonna be movies I'm gonna like watch again. No. Uh, I am glad I watched this. I will say. I think that. if I think if you are you, like if you are Chris, you have to see both these movies because they're like they're jaws rip. It's like you just got you have you know if you're or if you're just a big horror person, you have to see them. Yeah, I mean, I I think that you know Grizzly having that previous distinction of being the the biggest independent, not just independent horror film, this the biggest independent release ever up until Halloween came out and it is yeah. ostensibly a Jaws knockoff with a bear like that that's worth taking a look at even if you don't return to it ever again yeah and I did not look I watched this twice kind of I watched it on Joe Bob and then I watched it for this I think I'm good on it now but like I didn't hate either time watching it like it had it has its moments yeah, uh, and those moments are the fucking horse getting decapitated. <laughs> yes, and then it's quickly followed by a fucking rocket launcher to the yeah. bear. Yeah. Um, there's there's some you know there's some shocking shit in it, like where they maul the fucking kid and oh um, yeah, yeah yeah kill the mom. There you know there is there's some interesting stuff too where it's like you get that you, you kind of said it, it gives you that slasher vibe, but like by yeah. having the camera in the bear. 
you do kind of get like this kind of Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers type feel yeah. um, of, of the bear stalking uh, its prey. So it's interesting in that, that, you know, maybe, maybe that's to some degree where, you know, John Carpenter may have seen this. It was a huge movie in 1976. Maybe he saw that and was like, uh, maybe I like utilize this a little bit for, for if, Halloween. If anything, I think he's stealing from Black Christmas, but I don't think he would even admit to that. Um, <laughs> Probably not. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, there's like the, the POV shots from the bear. And there's also just like, for me anyways, I like dig this setting. I dig stuff that is out in the wilderness or has that camper like feel to it. And that like, you know, of course, cause of the Friday the 13th series and the burning, etc. you know, reminds you of a slasher. Yeah. Even though like, this is like a monster type movie, like a nature run amok movie, nature getting revenge, you know, movie, whatever, um, you want to call it. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, those elements of it, are what make me like it, uh, or uh, like it is maybe strong. It's fine, you know what I mean. Like I'm, I'm not like in love with this. It, it's an okay. It's an interesting piece of history to watch. I think. Yeah, I, I think if you are if you are a horror fan, if you're and, and specifically if you are a fan of Jaws, like seeing the films that it inspired is yeah, kind of yeah. neat because like that's it's. It takes Jaws plot point for plot point, like it's straight up to the point yeah. where it blows up the fucking bear at the end. Like it's a good, you know, it's a bazooka this time instead of an air tank uh, that that is shot with a twenty two. Um, it is it is a clumsy version of Jaws. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, not Spielberg. You know, no. Uh, but there's enough here. I think it's it's certainly watchable. Um. Yeah. What's your rating for this one, Jeff? Yeah, everything I just said. I I, I like the setting. Uh, I like the kind of slasher vibe of it. I like the horse getting his head cut off. I like the rocket launcher. It's a like a five point five. You know, it's it's nothing, it's nothing mind blowing, but it's worth checking it out if you're a fan of the genre. Yeah, I I, I agree on that. I'm a little bit lower than you at a five. Um. But I, I think for at least one go, um, yeah. it is it is worth spending like the eighty five minutes this film is and giving it giving it that time. One thing I want to say, I just remembered about this and the other movie as well. I, and, and I thought of it because I I mentioned Black Christmas. I remember saying this about Black Christmas. These. 70 movie, 70s movies have like this like cozy vibe to them to me where it's like kind of perfect to put on in the background. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Black Christmas, you would be around Christmas time. This, I don't know what, like, I don't know. It's fucking late at night and you're playing something on your Switch. You know what I mean? Throw this on. Yeah, just have, have it on in the background. Yep. It has like that old timey thing to it almost a little bit. You know, it's like a slower pace. People actually talk. It's just kind of like relaxing. Like <laughs> I would say that about both these movies. They have elements to them. Well, and at any point in time, like it, it, I, I, th- I think you're kind of like hitting the, 
right out of the park with that description is um i think at any point in time with these movies like you could pop in just like look up catch a couple scenes like you'll kind of understand what's going on as opposed to more recent films especially in this genre where you'd be like I don't have any idea what's going on at this point because I didn't watch it from the beginning. Um, These are simple to follow. Yeah. Kind of understand what's going on. It's like they're slow paced, but it's like not a lot of it is like explaining some lore or something. Like, you know, there's a little this like, oh, we killed all the bears and, or like we moved them all uphill up the mountain. You know, there's things, but it's like, it's just, I, I don't know. There's something like I get my word for it is cozy. Like you know, like these slower paced '70s movies have like a cozy feel to them. Like where it's fun to put them on in the background. You, like you said, you like look up. Oh, there's you know, holy shit! There's horses that flew off. That's pretty cool. You know, <laughs> they, they kind of work as that. Yes. All right. Um, that brings us to. Orca. The ancient Romans called him Orca Orcinus, Latin for bringer of death. He is without challenge the most powerful animal on the globe, the killer whale. Orca has 48 teeth, set in two impressive rows. In some respects, the orca's intelligence may be even superior to man's. They remain loyal to one mate for life. As parents, they are exemplary, better than many human beings. And like human beings, they have a profound instinct for vengeance. An innocent creature is destroyed by an act of human cruelty. And the ultimate battle of man against nature begins. Dino De Laurentiis presents Orca. Can you commit a sin against an animal? He followed you. He saw you on the deck of the boat. They always remember the human being who had tried to harm them. He deliberately left you your boat because he wants to fight you on the sea. I won't do that. Now the fish have vanished from the fishing grounds. And it's all because of your whale. In fact, I won't fight him at all. You're not even man enough to accept the excitement of his challenge. I'll fight you! You're a vengeful son of a... Orca, starring Richard Harris, Charlotte Rampling, Will Sampson, Keenan Wynn. A spectacular adventure. From the depths of the sea... To the top of the world. It's going to be a fair fight on equal terms. A fight to the death. Nolan! Between the two most dangerous animals on Earth. What in hell are you? Man and Orca. From 1977, uh, directed by Michael Anderson, and uh, starring Richard Harris... Um, Bo Derek as well. Uh, these these are people I have heard of before. <laughs> uh, uh, Robert Carradine. I think he's a 
Uh, he, he is a brother to Richard. Um, uh, no, not Richard. Uh, John and Keith Carradine. Um, okay. And David Carradine. Uh, you know, the, from Kung Fu. Uh, so, like, he is... He is probably one of the he's like he's like one of the Baldwin brothers. He's a Carradine brother. <laughs> one of the lesser ones. Um but Richard Harris Bodar definitely names that I have heard before. Um this one uh interestingly enough had music by Ennio Marconi uh who uh, Italian composer uh most... the music of Orca Yes. How did I not notice that? Wow. I always pay attention um, to, to that stuff, but okay. And like, yeah, he, he is, you know, he's somebody that very famous. Uh, yeah. You know, he did all of Sergio Leone's films, uh, you know, after Fistful of Dollars and on. Uh, so, he, you know, he very well known composer. He did the music for Orca. Let me um, play for a quick recommendation. Look up the theme to Once Upon a Time in the West. You will love it. Got it. Um, budget on this is uh, six million, and it uh, it kind of bombed. Made fourteen point seven uh, worldwide. Uh, it it is weird. Um, people like kind of call it a Jaws ripoff, which is why I selected it here, and I don't really. I don't feel that it's a Jaws ripoff. I do, but I see where you're coming from. Like, uh, <laughs> is it? It's a Jaws ripoff because it looked at Jaws and it's like, let's do something like that. But yeah, like, it tells its, its own story. It tells its own story. Uh, I think to its detriment. <laughs> uh, but I'll let you lead the discussion here. Yeah. So this movie kicks off. Uh, you know, you have um, you have the, this boat captain, by Richard Harris Nolan, and they're out. Uh, they're out hunting um, for whale. Like that, they're trying to to capture one, and. Uh, they end up capturing this uh, this this one whale, but it happens to be a pregnant female orca. They thought they were capturing a male orca. Anyway, they get the orca on board um, and violently miscarries. Uh, Dude, nightmare image. <laughs> yeah. Just this fucking baby whale. Just it looks like an alien. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe that's how like the baby like whale looks, but like you like got kind of set the scene. They got like the the whale like hoisted up on like it's like hanging from a rope or whatever, right? Right. Yep. yep. And then like she gives birth as she's hanging over the the deck, and the fucking this little fucking alien like poops out of her onto the deck. It's so fucking disgusting. Yes. And then the fucking. And then it's horrible because the fucking captain just sprays it with a hose <laughs> off the side of the ship. Yep, and the whole time, and this this is something that's real with Orca is they're they're verbal. Um, I don't know if they'd be verbal in this way, but Orca are whales and themselves are are verbal. Yeah, yeah. Um, the mate 
uh, is is in the water <laughs> is just kind of like screaming uh in pain at, at you know seeing its its mate and uh its baby you know now dead uh just kind of being handled like this um the the male worker like attacks the boat just uh, attacks trying to get uh the other the other orca freed and uh well and then they drop the mom or the wife, right? Like trying to, oh, maybe leave us alone if we drop her. And he's just like fucking shit up. He grabs someone off the ship. Yes. Uh, yeah, he just jumps up, grabs one of uh, the crew members uh, as they were cutting the female off the ship. Um, he's like, fuck you. I'm going I'm to grab you as well. Um <laughs> <laughs> and what's cr- this is where it gets crazy because like that that all kind of like that all fits right like it's you know bad bad hunting expedition you know uh, tragic ending for everybody uh, you know the whales and and the crew uh, but now this whale has like a fucking vendetta and he takes the body of. <laughs> The person that he yeah. killed and brings it back to shore, um, and it just continues to ramp from there. Where the the orca is now attacking the boats in the harbor. It's um, a very funny scene where he like just like, sets fire to this island or whatever. Yes, like it's he, I don't know how the and orca comes out of the water like celebrating it, like. Ugh. Yeah. Just like jumping up, yeah. it, it 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 blows up like an oil refinery or something up the hill. This is the fucking the island is on fire. Like he causes it, it's like the fucking end of um. God damn it! What was that Roger Corman movie? It'll come to me later. Uh, it, where it's just like this this uh, harbor town just fucking completely fucking wrecked. Um, that that part is, I think. I think you said it too. Like that might be the best part of the movie. Yeah. Well, that like this whole part where the whale is just terrorizing this town yeah. is like fantastic. It's so stupid, yeah, but he, also like, systematically exacting revenge. Where like yes. Jaws was just it was just he's just a shark. Like it's he doesn't have an agenda, you know. No, it's just a shark that killed somebody, it and like it's now times. it's it's now picked up a hunting ground. Instead, this fucking killer whale is just like wreaking it's... havoc on the town. He's goading the fucking captain, come out and fight me. <laughs> if you don't, I'm gonna keep fucking your shit up. Yeah, this uh, is a tale of revenge. And uh and I, I think I said this on your review uh that, that you wrote up on Letterboxd, but it's like I didn't really think of anything of it at the time, but like watching it but the thinking back and then recently we've heard the you know the reports in europe of uh orca attacking fishing boats and um like kind of having some sort of vengeance like yeah get yeah. the fuck like, off they, my they water like have an agenda. yeah like maybe orca are like but who knows like this was 40 years ago, but it seems like they, they, they might have some things in their head where, uh, they fixate on it. Um, 
Oh, I'm sorry. And the Corbin movie I was thinking of was Humanoids from the Deep. Like it goes Got all it. crazy in the seaside town at the end. But it's like that's kind of what the the whale does. Yeah, just causing <laughs> mass fucking chaos, wrecking shit. And uh, like Nolan's like, he's like, I don't want to go back out. I don't, I don't want to hurt this whale. Like, like we we fucked it up enough yeah and i don't uh, so like he keeps doing like i don't i don't want to fight the whale i don't want to hurt the whale um he I, gets a visit from like a local native uh chief you know, from it, from it, one floor of the cuckoo's nest yeah yeah he's just like uh hey you you might want you might need to go fight the whale <laughs> he tells them that they have memories like you you'd mentioned you know, um, he goes to a priest, doesn't he? Yeah. At some point to talk about this. Uh, that's me is like, uh, it's interesting, but it's kind of like, it makes this movie like downbeat. It's, it's so, okay. It differentiates itself from the others because like, it's all about how guilty this fucking fish. Like, I think my letterbox review was: this is a movie about a fisherman's guilt. Like, that's what the movie is about. Like, right? Like, I I fucked up in my thing and so it caused people it. to die. I killed this fucking. And, I killed the wrong animal. Like, yep. And and now now other things have happened, and and I don't want to. I don't want to hurt anybody else. Uh but it, of I think course. It, Go ahead. I, I think it, I think it is cool that like a blockbuster type movie in the early years of blockbusters here. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is like assumed because it only made fourteen million. You said, but yep. But that would take the time to have these like like there's like a scene where he goes to a priest and he's just like, "Is it wrong for a man to kill a beast?" You know, like it's just like. <laughs> I don't know. It's cool that it has these more like philosophical scenes, but like it really, in my opinion, makes it feel like the film feel like very ponderous. Like it's very just like, yeah. There's a lot like the human parts of it are just like there's a lot of thought. It's too. It's too much. Like it's like all right. Well, I want to get to like. Back wanna, to this orca that's fucking this town. Like, yeah, that's like you, you want to get to the fun stuff. Yeah, and in, yeah. And instead of like the humans in this kind of being like, all right, how do we stop the orca? Like this guy's like, we I deserve this. Right, we have we have brought this on ourselves. We should we should just suffer its wrath. <laughs> um, which. He he is pretty intent on doing right up until uh um this the orca attacks the house where, where his crew is at and uh not only is like you know the one was already injured the house is like falling apart and the whale just bites off one of his crew members legs and that's when he's like all right fuck it we're going to war. He hops in his boat and he sets up a crew and they this and this is where I think it loses steam because then it just becomes like this long sail up into the the Arctic 
They like uh, try to corner the the whale against like the polar ice caps, right? Basically, like they're like, yeah. oh, he'll run into the ice. He's fucked. We'll get him. But yeah. the, like you said, it's a lot of again. We're going back to this like. You know, it's it's really about him talking like how bad he feels about all this, and it's like, I don't know, man. Like to me, like maybe you could do a movie like that, but not this type of movie. I I don't know. Like it's like you're mixing two different movies, and uh, I don't know. It just, it just this didn't work for me as much. Like it, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely kind of see, see, uh, like I want one or the other, and if you're going to try to do what you're doing here, it has to be done slightly better, despite the fact that, like, this has good music, it has good cinematography, but it's just like, it still feels like a cheap Jaws ripoff, like, I don't know. One, it's you know the parts we see with with the orca are they're the most fun. Like when the orca is attacking stuff, like everything else is just this downbeat, downtrodden. Yeah, yeah, and, and then, it's kind of one thing. It's like one part really where he goes, he gets to really uh, have his fun. And and then uh, you know, Captain Nolan just kind of becomes. He becomes obsessed with, with with chasing this thing down, and like at some point he's like, "No, we gotta leave. We we gotta we gotta get out of here." Like everybody's like, "Let's turn back," and he's like, "No." Like he becomes fucking, uh, yeah, the, the guy from Moby Dick, and we're doing like, Moby Dick. Old man, see, yeah, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna get him, and sets up like this ridiculous final battle where. Um, everybody else has died except for uh, Captain and the 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 one the one lady, and uh, they're they're on the ice, and Nolan is fighting the ice. He's fighting the orca on the ice, and the whale is fucking him up. <laughs> he's like separating him from the boat. He's separating him from uh, the other person out there. This whale just wants him. Uh, and, and what I do think is ridiculous. He lifts him up on his tail and throws him into another Dude, iceberg I, to kill him. I, that's the end of the movie. I, I, at least that's my last note. I cackled. This is my last note. Whale tosses his ass against the ice, <laughs> killing him. LOL. That's my last note. So ridiculous! Awesome. Um, but yeah, and that—that's it, right? The the whale got what he wants, and he swims away. <laughs> like this is a movie where the the whale wins. Um, which fine, whatever. I mean, the the dude set it up as such. He fucking kept crying about how he's a bad person. So, and really, he could have just put himself in the water. The whale would have ate him. Called a day, like. <laughs> instead we go through all this long slow kind of drawn out a uh, bit of it i can kind of see why it was panned and uh did not do significantly well at the box office uh, and i do think like you know 
Yeah, you said it is it is a Jaws ripoff, but it's trying to do its own thing. And it at least has like its own story it's trying to tell. Like it's it's like we're gonna do a Jaws type movie, but the story is like completely different. Yeah. Um I did not uh I did not read this before just now, but uh evidently at the time when, when it came out, uh David Kerr of the Chicago Reader he called the film an incoherent blend of Moby Dick, King Kong, and Jaws. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I mean, we stumbled I, on Moby Dick there. It was yeah. lost on us. You know. I don't really know where we're getting the King Kong bit, but uh, I could, you know, it's the definitely cruelty, the cruelty, Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it. I think it looks good. I think the film looks good. I think it, it sounds does. good. Yeah. And. It's just not quite as entertaining as it could be. And I think that that's kind of the the problem with uh, this film in general is this it's not it's too much. It's too um you know, like I said about Grizzly, like that's slow, but that one is not so concerned about like the moral of life and and, and like it's punctuated more. I don't know. Uh, yeah, to this, me, this is like please contemplate. Like it's really commercialized like, fishing. Yeah, it, the like the focus of this movie is how awful this guy feels. Like like he like learned a lesson. Like that's what it's about. It's that's what it's trying to do, but it's trying to do it within the framework of this new kind of blockbuster format, and it's like really weird. Like it, it's a very strange one, I think, but. uh I guess uh, I could give my f- yeah you give, give give your final thoughts on it because I don't. Uh, it's like strange, it dude. Yes, it's strange. Um, it it really is like mostly like this fisherman feeling guilty about killing a whale. It's also really funny that the whale is like kind of this personal revenge thing. Like, I wish it, the movie realized how ridiculous that is, and like leaned into that being ridiculous maybe a little bit I can't do it too much because then you're like oh this is like stupid like you know it, it's it knows it's stupid but um I don't know the movie walks that line a little bit but it's, it's just it ultimately falls too much into like too much of the running time is spent on how sad this fucking guy is and so I don't know uh for me it, it, it's it's kind of on the same level as Grizzly. Like I'm gonna give this one like a five out of ten. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it, it's this is more more of a how like downbeat and depressing it could kind of be if you let it in. Um, it's weird. It's not the movie you would expect. You just called Orca the Killer Whale. You're like, oh, this is gonna be like a total Jaws ripoff. It's different. I think what they're trying to do different is like maybe admirable, but doesn't kind of work for me. Yeah. Um, I personally, I think it is a better made movie than, than Grizzly. Um, but yeah, it is like, it is way less fun to watch because it is, it is this like downbeat look at, <laughs> um, you know, regret and, 
not not just not just over the whale, but just regret to life in general. Like you know, Richard Harris's character has other things that he's yeah. he's he's worried about. Um, and I just, it's go rough. ahead, go ahead. I just don't think that like I think it's possible to do that, but I just it didn't pull it off for me. So. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I, I probably agree with you on that too. Like, um, but I, I do think like this, this fundamentally, like it's just technically a better, better made film. Like the, the music yeah. is better, the acting is better, the, uh, the cinematography is better. It's just not as much fun to watch as, as Grizzly. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think for this purpose, I'm gonna I'm gonna rate it as a four out of okay. ten, um, which gives Grizzly the win. Did was there a poll? Uh, there was a poll. Orca won. Wow. Um, all was, right. Well, I don't get a lot of votes on this poll, so the percentage split is high. But it was like literally like one. It won by one vote. So. Um, um, what I mean, do we got next time? Yeah, we give it to Grizzly this time, and next time, Chris. Uh, I know I've put you through some stuff this year. You know, some heist movies, different things. Not the heist usual. Movies were good. The yeah. Heist movies were good. You might be asking for the heist movies after this. Actually, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're going for October for the month of. Halloween, we're going straight up 80 slasher. How does that feel? I, I like 80 slashers. Two garbage 80 <laughs> slashers. Uh, but don't worry, Chris. They still have a theme. They're both based around the gym. Okay. Do you know where I'm going with this already? Because I may. This is a double feature that after I came up with a double feature, I saw a bunch of people doing this summer. I was like, hey, you're stealing the thing I'm planning. <laughs> um, we're going to do Death Spa from 1988. Oh, that's neat. I just added that to my uh, watch list. <laughs> Versus Killer Workout from 1987. Again, I don't think these are going to be the height of the 80s slashers. I think these are going to be the bottom of the barrel. We might regret this, but sometimes... I gotta, I gotta like roll around in the dirt, you know. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, it's a, uh, it's good. I just did it for an entire month with sharks. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, hey, we're horror show. We're gonna do eighty slashers, and and again, this is like a double feature I've seen popping up a ton. I did come up with a, on my own through my own inge- ingenuity, but uh, apparently, I'm not. That unique because I saw a bunch of other people doing this after I came up with it. Uh, I've not seen these movies. I don't think you have either, Chris. I'm guessing. Uh, I'm not. I have not. Uh, I did, as I mentioned. I just added a Death Spa. It came came up as recommended to me, and I was like, "That's a cool poster. I want to yeah. see that ridiculousness." I think they're both like on Tubi or whatever. Like I would check Shutter first because no ads, but yeah. Um, Death Spa is on Shutter. Uh, I don't. I don't think Killer Workout is, but they're both on Tubi as well. Killer Workout is directed by a guy who did a movie called Sledgehammer, which was on the last drive-in, which was a shot on video, like on VHS. <laughs> so uh, hopefully it's better than that. 
Uh, anyways, yeah, that's what we have for the month of Halloween, and Chris will cap off Halloween with whatever we come up with for November. So, all right, looking forward to uh, our killer workout film. Yes, it'll be fun. Until all next right. time. Yep. <laughs>